Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockkind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. I was speaking at a woman's group within a company recently when someone raised her hand and she asked, how can I get the other women to support me? She said she felt like the women were so competitive and that there was this glass ceiling and only one spot open and that it seemed like the women wanted to take each other down. And you could tell she was so nervous to bring this up because the other women were around her. But she said, I just want to lift each other up. Similarly, one of my coaching clients recently graduated from college and she was so excited to enter the workforce. And then within a couple of months, she found out that the other women were talking about her behind her back. And she felt like it was high school again. She's like, I've been hot of high school for, you know, for years now. She was so hurt. So this has to stop, right? Women need other women. We're in this together and we're going to rise together or we're going to fall together. And it's not going to be, none of us are going to have any success by tearing each other apart. Every woman is a sister. And because you listen to the Purpose Girl podcast, I know that you believe that. And I know that you are a woman who believes in lifting other women up. You're a woman who believes in women empowering other women. The question is, how? How can we do it? And how can we do it when we feel jealous? I mean, often if we're taking another woman down, it's because some jealousy arises. And we can overcome it. And we can use jealousy as inspiration. And we can support one another. And so today on the Purpose Girl podcast is all about how we can, as women, support one another to help each other rise and lift up. And you're going to want to stay tuned until the end for the three purpose power tips about how you can lift other women up right now and how you can get more support from other women right now. To help with this topic, I have a woman who inspires the heck out of me. My guest today is Caroline Adams Miller. She is a dear friend and I consider her a mentor. She graduated magna cum laude from Harvard and she was one of the very first graduates of the University of Pennsylvania's Master's in Applied Positive Psychology program that I went to. She was in the first class. She is a pioneer. She is a professional certified coach. She's coached hundreds of people, senior executives, professional athletes, politicians, and so many others on finding that evidence-based connection between positive psychology, the scientific study of happiness and human flourishing, and success. She's a happiness expert and advisor for Happify, the world's largest online community dedicated to amplifying well-being. And she has written six books, at least, if not more, new bestsellers. <laughs> Caroline's newest book, Getting Grit, was just a huge bestseller in Japan and is rising, rising, rising in the United States and in other countries. Her first book was My Name is Caroline. She was the very first person from my master's program to write a book specifically with the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology called Creating Your Best Life. If you haven't read it, the in the show notes is the link to go get these books. I highly, highly, highly recommend them. Caroline is a frequent contributor to many magazines, newspapers, and 
and media, including BBC, The New York Times, ABC, CBS, CNN, I mean, you name it. And my dear friend Caroline has been there paving the way, and she's paving the way for women, paving the way for us all. So Caroline, I am so honored to have you here as my guest today on the Purpose Girl Podcast. Welcome. Wow. That, that is one of the nicest introductions and overwhelming <laughs> introductions. Thank you so much. And I have to say, you're, you're awing and inspiring other people too. I know it. I hear it. So um, we're all uplifting each other. And thank you for having me as your guest. Amen to that. Amen to that. So I will tell you just to keep piling on the love because I love to, and we're talking about women uplifting women. From day one of me getting my master's, at Penn in positive psychology. And I just come from 15 years in corporate and then gave it all up to start this career and go back and get my, my degree. I remember I was, it, it was three months into my master's degree and it was our annual reunion. And you were there and you raised your hand and you asked Marty Seligman, who is the, you know, the father of positive psychology, one of the founders of positive psychology, you know, how we were doing and what we could do to help each other. And I remember you also led a lunchtime discussion and you wanted all of us who were new coaches, up and coming coaches, wanting to coach. I just remember you really wanting to help us and uplift us. And since then, I've just, you know, really, really, really admired you and respected you and, and also wanted to, to lead that example. And, and I do, and I'm, I'm proud of it. So how did you get into this work of of being someone who lifts other people up, who coaches others, and just naturally does it as part of your life. Gosh, I have tears in my eyes. I don't <sighs> think I've ever had this reaction to anybody ever asking me a question like that. So um, you've really moved me just already by just saying what you said, because I don't think it was in my DNA to be that person. And um, it's because I grew up as a competitor of all kinds, grew up in a family where the family history and stories were about competitors. And mm. my great uncles are Olympic gold and silver medalists in the same event. They made history as the first siblings to go one, two in any event. And, um, and I, that's what I grew up with. I grew up with be the best, be better, be excellent, be extraordinary. And I thought that meant just me, me alone competing against other people. And that was what was rewarded. And yet... Um, what it really did was lead me to the darkest place, maybe one of Dante's circles of hell, I would have to say, because I developed an eating disorder at 14, which was also about competing and being the best and looking the best. And I was a competitive swimmer, of course. So I um, hit my last bottom at 22. And that's what saved my life, to be honest, and turned me into a good woman, a good mm. person, a better human being, because I was told very early on in this 12-step group, um, which is where I found myself truly by the grace of God, because there was no place to get better from an eating disorder back then. All we knew is people died. Karen Carpenter died. We died. Wow. And there was no hope. And I just thought, my God, this group talks about food. Maybe there's something there for me. And I got there and I got hopeful because someone stood up and said she was recovering from bulimia. And that day was the beginning of my life, essentially. And that's the day that gave me hope and purpose. And that purpose was articulated there by saying you can't keep what you don't give away. Mm. And I think the DNA of who I am and who I want to be and who my role models are started in this church basement in Baltimore, Maryland in 1984, because that's where I learned what goodness is, what good competition is. 
is, where love is, where giving without strings is. And that's what I've sought to do is to give back. And this issue about women giving to other women in the right ways, um, because I don't think all people are naturally givers. And I don't think we are a monolithic block, us women. I think we have to be discerning and thoughtful about who, who we work with, who we spend time with, and also know when to stop giving to takers. Mm. Um, and I could go into some depth on that. I'm going to wait for you to ask me more questions. But <laughs> yeah. I, I really have become very, very concerned and thoughtful about how to help change that dynamic. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing your story. I often talk about how our deepest pain leads to our greatest purpose. Mm-hmm. And that I one day I want to know when I get up to the pearly gates, I'm going to ask whoever's up there, the goddess God, you name it, why do we have to go through such pain? But mm-hmm. that pain that came from that be the best, be better competitive really sounds like it led you to be this, um, this intentional giver and this lover who wants to see others rise and knows that that we rise together. It's so beautiful. And so I want to get into givers and takers because it's a really important concept in positive psychology. Before we do that, what do you see? I know you also speak to a lot of corporate women's groups and leadership groups. What are you seeing out there in terms of how women are treating one another and why this is so important? I see a lot of pain, um, mm. and it's been a real unfolding in the last few years as I've gone through some terrible backstabbing myself, people I thought were in my circle who were not, and so there's an awareness that goes on, and not just professionally, personally, athletically, teams I've been on. They're also very good people, but I think it's always a surprise when suddenly you realize people have very different motives and values, and you thought you knew them. So there was that, but then I, the, the the real cobwebs coming off my eyes and 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 giving me that infusion of I have to do something with the platform I have in life to change this was with the election of Donald Trump and his debasement of women and getting away with it and and then suddenly having my own Me Too story emerge full throated from my consciousness when I finally told my husband for the first time I'd been sexually abused by a chiropractor when I was 27 years old I'm almost six feet tall I'm like an Amazon and it happened to me I was seven months pregnant and I thought oh wow. What what is it that we put up with this? But beyond that, what came up for me was being invited to a salon series that was composed of Harvard and Yale uh, women's graduates here in D.C. It was emerging of the two groups to create a discussion series. And the first topic they selected was women undermining other women. And I've never seen a free for all and a fracas quite like that because everyone wanted to be there. Everybody felt like they had something to say and something to learn. I've never seen a topic just undo people like that. That frenzy to get in there was so remarkable to me. And I'm so lucky I got in there because I got in there and listened to these women who weren't making things up. This wasn't about their impressions or, um, you know, just feeling bad. It was example after example of deliberate, you know, debasement and kneecapping of women by other women. And we had been sent research to read before we we came. So it's not just, there's, there's a whole research behind this. So there was that and other things. And I began to marinate in it and go to speak to other women's groups and ask them, did they experience other women being the problem, not just men, but other women? 
every hand shoots up. I'm not talking about 90%. I'm talking about 100% of women. And they'll say some of their best mentors have been men. So we don't want to throw all men out, you know, out the window. But I have to say, this awakening of we have to do something led me to say, but what are we going to do about it? We can't just talk about it and marinate in it. What are we going to do about it? And that's when I got very quiet and went underground and finally emerged with a solution because I didn't want to talk much about it until I came up with a solution. And that's where I am is I've had validation that it's a problem, a validation that it's the elephant in the room with a lot of women. They don't talk about it because if you bring it up, somehow you have to acknowledge, well, someone's jealous of me. Well, my God, you'll get shot at for that too. (laughs) Right. And so I am now about making a change. Oh, thank the freaking goddess. Thank the Lord. This is, it's so needed. So I want to talk about that change. Um, and I want to talk about that and just validate that's been my experience too. I was recently in a group of 550 women where the speaker asked how many of you have been supported by women? And, And most of us raised our hand. And then she said, how many of you have been backstabbed by another woman? And every single woman, and there was even some laughter, almost like some, it was like painful. It wasn't, it was like a nervous giggling. And we then broke up into groups of two or three and shared our stories. And some people, the woman next to me shared her story that it was her mother who was, and this happens. And others, their sister. And then of course, in friend groups and in in whether it's in middle school, high school, and as adults, and now in the workplace. And I started thinking about why is this happening? Why, why are we doing this? And jealousy, someone, it's, it's interesting when you said your competitive spirit, someone somewhere said that we, I don't know if they pitted women against each other, and that this is a result of not healthy masculine competition, but the distorted masculine competition, or is it about looks? Is it about, you know, our biological desire to procreate and, and have the guy like us when we're, we're 12, but there is so much jealousy. And, and I love turning jealousy into inspiration and saying, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'll have what she's having. So what have you seen about why is this happening? And then I want to get into the solution. Well, I think there's a ton of reasons why. I think jealousy is one. I think there's scarcity theory. If we're going to look at scarcity theory, you can see that if people believe there's only, say, one seat at the table of power, and that one seat for women is already occupied, we're going to do whatever we have to do to turn around and make sure other women don't have those opportunities. So there's there's that. There's the biological wiring. The Wall Street Journal did a wonderful story a couple years ago um, about how um, women are the biggest bullies in the workplace, women on women, essentially. Um, But women are bullies. And they talked about the wiring, um, about just biologically, we're wired, not just scarcity theory, but younger, prettier, we're going to go after them. And I and I got kind of got overwhelmed with looking at, well, why is this happening? You mentioned mothers. I have to say that my mother is a borderline and she picked me for very special abuse that I only began to talk about a few years ago because I was the child she picked on. I was the child she hated. I was the child that my father confided in me right before he died, um, who whom she had never loved. Mm-hmm. And so when you brought up that mothers can bring about special pain and be um, you know, the biggest backstabbers of their daughters. I have to say that that has been my experience too. And 
Uh, maybe that's why I bring such a special kind of poignancy to the topic, because my mother has been devoted for many, many decades and trying to destroy me. She mm. she had me write a goodbye letter to the family when I was just six or seven years old. And I remember she uh, told me she was going to take me to an orphanage and leave me there because nobody wanted me. Oh, um, and she didn't love me. And then my father told me right before he died that he just had to get off his chest, that she had never never loved me and he didn't understand why. And, you know, I think that there was this feeling that, um, that I still wrestle with at times that I'm just not lovable. And, um, I think that's made me very, very sensitive to this issue of women not supporting other women. Um, and so I think there's a lot of reasons why this occurs. I think there's anger. I also think that when a woman endeavors to change her life, to go for what it is that is her deepest heart's desire, something that she will she knows that she's willing to take risks for so she won't have regrets. I think that's when other women just start to get FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, my yeah. God, if she's going for it, what does that mean about me? Am I not going for it? Um, I think there's a lot of women who are jealous of their daughters having opportunities that they never had. I, I think there's a lot of things going on. But whatever it is, and I've experienced it, childhood, middle school, um, high school, college, the PTA, I mean, I've experienced it everywhere. Yeah. Um, so it, it is everywhere. There's also wonderful people out there, and you hmm. have to pick them, but, but, and there really are. But I think you have to be very thoughtful because one of the things we do know from research that I've included in my last few books is that 84% um, of women confess to being surrounded by frenemies and friends who are enemies. And we do it. We do it consciously and purposely because we don't want anyone to think we're not nice. And so what we do is we keep our enemies close in the tent, partly because we don't want them to think we're not nice or the world to think we're not nice and we're not being supportive and up with people with everybody. Um, but because we don't, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid of standing out. We're afraid of having our, you know, being ballsy in some ways. And we do that at our peril. And that's the thing I'm really trying to get across is I know the science of goal setting better than almost anybody I know. I mean, I really have studied it for, for well over a decade now. And we get one shot in life, one shot at, at going after what it is we want to do. And when we're surrounded by people who undermine us passively, passive aggressive, you know, passive destructive, um, who, you know, prime us with all kinds of negative thinking and ne negative words and so on and so forth, we will abandon our goals. The research is there. And we are so blessed with Shelley Gable's research from UCLA on active constructive responding because we know now from the research in positive psychology that if someone does not respond with curiosity and enthusiasm to our goals, Goals, to our progress on our goals, whatever it is that's precious to us, if they don't respond with curiosity and enthusiasm, we are likely to abandon our goals or code our progress as a negative. And, and if we don't take that heuristic that she's given us and use it to choose who's in and who's out of our first closest circle, then we're fools. We are absolute fools. And if I had one dollar for every time somebody raised their hand in an audience or told me personally that their mother, their sister, their sister-in-law, their cousin, someone close to them is the person who's not curious and enthusiastic, I would be an exceptionally wealthy woman because <laughs> Always. It's always, always in your family. And of course, it extends out from there. But don't be asleep at the wheel in your own life. Wake up. Wake up and use this research to determine who's in and who's out and make it count. Oh, 
I love this. I want to just put a frame around this, right? So use what we know to be very clear about who is in and who is out. And the people who are in are the people who are enthusiastic about your dreams, about your goals, about your ideas, about you and your character. And the people who are out are the people who are not, the people who are passive aggressive, who who are negative about it, who say to you, why would you do that? Who do you think you are? What are you going to do about health insurance? And like you said, often those people can be in our family of origin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about what Brene Brown says is that not everyone is worthy of your deepest dreams. Not everyone is worthy of your stories. And we can keep a relationship with everyone, but not everyone gets our deepest truths and our heart. And that's something I've had to learn is who really has shown that they're worthy. In other Mm -hmm. words, that they're going to cheerlead me. They're going to believe in me. They're going to support me of my deepest dreams. And then I don't tell the other people until it's much further along and I have more confidence. Because if if a naysayer comes along before I'm confident, then it holds me back. And, And I've seen this in my own life and my clients' lives. So this is super important, and there's a link below in the show notes to Shelley Gable's Active Constructive Responding, and it's something that you can learn more about and that you can start practicing and something I, I teach in the Certificate in Applied Positive Psychology program, and, and you can find in other places. So Caroline, you mentioned earlier givers and takers, and this mm-hmm. is a concept by Adam Grant, and you were saying you know, not we're not just one block of women. Not everyone is worthy of you giving. And so Mm -hmm. perhaps this is going to be a big key that's going to help us discern and decide who do I want to uplift? How do I want to uplift them? And, and when don't I, so help us understand a little bit about givers and takers. Well, this, you know, Adam Grant's work is brilliant. He's truly one of the brains of um, psychology, positive psychology, just intentional change. And so his book, Give and Take, is really about how givers end up at both the top of the success ladder and the bottom of the success ladder. And you can be a giver, a taker, or a matcher. And that the goal is to be a giver, a giver without strings. But here's where givers need to be shrewd, is that when they overgive, they can often give to their own detriment. And they can end up being so generous and so kind and so um, fair. And, you know, when you look at the via character strength, this is the classic overuse of kindness and forgiveness, for example. Um, You can end up not giving to yourself and being unfair to yourself, not giving to yourself, being unkind. And so I think we the, what we need to look at is, are we giving to people who give, not looking necessarily for a matchy matchy kind of giving, but are we giving to people who end up draining us and who keep us from pursuing our own dreams and goals? Or are we giving to people who then go out and give to others? And I always hark back to what I learned in this 12 step program. You can't keep what you don't give away. Hmm. I don't, give away and mark who I gave to. Um, I just give. And then over time, I figure out, you know, is that person there for other people? I mean, you go look at people's Twitter feeds and their Instagram feeds and their Facebook posts. Is it always all about them? Or is it also about uplifting other people? And what do they do when no one's looking? You know, because, you know, people do get reputations for stealing other people's work, taking their ideas, those kinds of things. We have to be very thoughtful about who we give to. So I say give without strings, but don't be stupid about it. Because Mm. at a certain point, you can have stupid grit and just give, 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 give and have nothing left. Yeah, I I love this. And there's a there is a, a place for discernment. 
And mm. I love this giving without strings too, because I think some of this, we, we have been hurt so much. Like if I think about when we were little girls, I think we were just giving, giving, giving. And then maybe at some point we, we learned that then people were taking or they were taking advantage of us. And what you said about us wanting other people to just think that we're nice. And so we do just mm. overgive. And, and I think this is leading women to, this is what's leading women to be burnt out and exhausted is we are overgiving and overgiving mm -hmm. and overgiving um, mm -hmm. because we're not being discerning about our inner circle. And my inner circle are people who are supportive and uplifting and they're cheerleaders. And, you know, that's taken time in my life, but that's something I've curated. And that's something that we can all curate. And it's actually why I build sisterhoods and why I do group programs and why I do retreats to give women that experience and that sisterhood and women are constantly amazed when they're in a group of women who are only supportive, only uplifting, only loving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it has to be a muscle that you build because I think you can do it for a while. If you're not accountable to continue to be that person, um, then I think we can slip back if we're not careful because there, there are so many influences that could cause us. Like Instagram is one of the worst social media um, platforms for women and especially young girls because there's a constant competition about how do I look? You know, am I pretty enough? Do I have the right angle? That kind of thing. And it, it ends up being so self-focused that people lose the ability to remember to turn the camera outwards, take pictures of other people, um, and, and not focus so much on what do other people think of me. So I think it's a muscle that has to be built. And I just did a women's retreat, a gritty women's retreat at Kripalu, the yoga center in Stockbridge. And there was this awakening I saw in this room of these women just basically saying they'd never even thought of forming a mastermind group. They'd never even thought about sharing their dreams and goals or having the courage or, or the willingness to look ahead and say, what does my best possible future self look like? And believe that other people would be there for them. So I think as obvious as it might be to those of us who've been exposed to positive psychology, it's not as obvious as we think it is, as it could be or should be to a lot of women out there. But I, I really do think the cautionary note that I've become most aware of is that we have to be very thoughtful about the quality of women we bring into our lives because we may think that they're people. Um, even if they're sitting in the same room as we are learning about sisterhoods and all, watch what they do. Not what, what they say always. Watch what they do to uplift other people because you can sit in those rooms and still not follow through. I think time tells with people. And so I just, I really want women to wake up. Don't be asleep at the wheel in your own lives about this because the Me Too movement and some of the other movements that really do matter and that were way overdue, the Time's Up movement, those all have a place in, in us, you know, empowering ourselves. But don't forget, don't forget to look inside the tent at other women and say, what are they doing to uplift and inspire other people, particularly when no one's looking, when the cameras aren't on when we're not taking selfies of us doing it, because that's when you find out someone's character. And when you find those characters, bring them closer to you, because there's a concept that I've come up with, with the help of uh, Lee Waters, um, who's the current president of the International Positive Psychology Association, of what she and I were talking about one day as we drove to Penn, actually. And she said, You've, you're discovering relational grit. That's what you're talking mm. about. You're talking about women building up other women in relationship to each other so that they become more resilient. And so there are times she and I are texting back and forth on WhatsApp and she'll say, this is relational grit, Caroline. 
I love that. So Lee Waters and I are very, very close friends. And I've been talking to her for several years about my concern about women and my desire to, to use my platform in some way to help change the dialogue and take women and their passion and turn it into you know, change that occurs, meaningful, Mm. lasting change, because I think we're in danger of awakening people's consciousness and getting that passion going, but not knowing, let's say, the science of goal setting, for example, to create meaningful, lasting change. So we have to go from passion and awakened consciousness to real change. And and so that's why I came up with, you know, hashtag share two to two, which we can talk about. But in the meantime, I do think that this idea of women uplifting other women in the right ways, in the right context, for the right reasons is how we build each other's grit up. And that's the grit we need to sustain the change that's necessary. And we do it through um, these mastermind groups or just through dialogue. What are your dreams and goals? How are you going to achieve them? How can I help help you do that? Because I would argue that if you don't know someone's deepest goals and dreams for themselves, you don't know them at all. Because if you don't know those things, then you're on the soup on the superficial level with the people you call your friends. Yes. So go a little bit deeper. Let's stop being an inch wide, an inch deep, and a mile wide. Let's go deeper and really invest ourselves in the people who are most important to us, who have the right qualities that we've already talked about. Oh, I love this so much, Caroline. So much. Go a little bit deeper. Ask your dear friends what their true desires are. You know, one of the things women get together, and I think the the typical pattern is a venting session, is a complaining session. And listen, yeah. there's a, there's a there is a, a a place for that. We need to be able to get something off our chest, and then we need to turn it on, and then we need to say, okay, deep breath, and what are we going to do about it? And tell me more about your heart, and tell me more about even someone's venting tells you what it is that they're desiring. And if we can ask each other this, what it is that they're really wanting, what it is that they want to achieve in their lives, who it is that they want to be that they feel like they can't be. And then we can say, and how can I support you? How can I help you on that? We will take our relationships deeper. We will take each other higher. So let's talk a little bit about the solutions, about Mm -hmm. the solutions. I want to hear about the the hashtag share two to two and I want to hear about any other solutions as, as you're working on relational grit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me just quickly say before I get into that, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to, to talk about it because it's really, it's it's like a, a precious baby to me that I'm giving birth to, and I, I like think my baby's very beautiful, and I want everyone <laughs> to think this is a beautiful baby. It is a beautiful baby. It's cute and it's giggly, and I'm yes, I from the minute I first saw you do it, I loved it. Well, let me, thank you. Thank you so much. And But let me t- say something about it, the how can I help you conversation, because I think that that's also a, f- a good start. But what I've also seen over time as I've thought about and observed it is that sometimes people will say that and not follow through. And I'll give you an example from my own life. So a friend of mine who was a high, is a high-profile journalist was let go in a high-profile firing from a, a big television um, studio anchor. And it's because she was one of the highest paid people at the studio and there was cost cutting. And she wrote an op-ed piece about it, and it was all very painful. And a lot of people sent her emails and like, oh, my, I'm so sorry, et cetera, et cetera. And I was one of the people who who sent her an email and said, you know, what can I do? And then I followed up and I said, let me at least take you to lunch so we can talk about it. So we sat down at lunch a few weeks later, and she said, I want you to know that you are the only person of – and she, she mentioned several hundred people had reached out to her. You're the only person who followed up 
and actually did something. Mm. And I'll never forget that moment because I looked at her and I thought, you deserve better. You deserve better. You deserve somebody else taking you to lunch, somebody else going beyond how can I help and actually extending that hand, being persistent. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to go past the platitudes because I think it's easy to throw out the how can I help and then do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I think we every step of what we're talking about matters because it can sound good, but not be good. Mm. Um, and so I just want, I want to get that out there. So, so what I came up with while I was walking my wonderful dog, Alpha, my mm -hmm. Alpha, Schnoodle, who's the, the alpha dog, the female in our family, who's more of an alpha than me, is I was walking one day puzzling and then suddenly it just hit me almost like a, a thunderbolt. It's like, okay, I, I think there are lots and lots of reasons why women do this to other women. I can sit around forever puzzling over this, just like I puzzled for decades. Why doesn't my mother love me? Mm. I don't understand. I am lovable. I do nice things. Why doesn't she love me? Finally, a therapist said to me, you got to stop wondering because it is what it is. And that's where I was. It is what it is. This is what's out there. They'll study this forever. But what are we going to do differently? And what I came up with was completely based on some theories and research from positive psychology. The first one is Shelley Gable's research, which is active, constructive responding, curiosity and enthusiasm is the key determinant of who ought to be closest to you in your world. And it's not always the people you think are those people. Be thoughtful. Be be strategic, be judicious, see who those people are with clear eyes. Okay. That's number one. We have that information from Shelley Gable. But then I was thinking about Peter Goldwitzer's work on implementation intentions, which I wrote about in creating your best life. And basically what he says is if you want to triple your chances of accomplishing hard goals, use if then scenarios to prompt you to do things that are hard for you. And I think a lot of women will agree that it's hard to just immediately choose to sponsor someone else's work, be, be, go beyond being jealous that they were on that national talk show or that they got that gig. How do you immediately go past that and promote their work? Um, and so I thought if we use if then scenarios, Goldwitzer's work and say, if I hear about someone else's success, it's something that's meaningful to them, a hard goal. Mm. I will then immediately train myself to have the habit of uplifting them to two social media networks. Because what I what I also was reading when I looked into this is that social media is very important for women building their networks, not so much for men. Hmm. And so one of the things that I'm very interested in is how can we use the platforms to bring other women's work and success to larger audiences? Because I believe that as women, many of us are solopreneurs by choice. Many of us are juggling families or, or relationships or community, whatever, but we're solopreneurs so we can so that we can determine our own fate and not have to deal with some of the crap that we see in the working world of, you know, against women. Um, how do we expand the networks of people who want their good work to be seen by others so that they can be hired and have more power and have more money and therefore get more seats at the table? And I think it's only by deliberately sharing two women's success, not the success of their children or where they went on vacation or how pretty they look today because they got their hair done in a new way. How do we share the success at the hard goals they're undertaking? And what I do is I automatically, when I hear about two women's 
success at hard goals every week, almost without fail. If I'm traveling, sometimes I'm a little bit off to two social media networks. So every week I find two women and I share their success to LinkedIn, to Instagram, to Twitter with the hashtag share two to two, share two to two. So I write about them, their success. I don't even have to know them. I can find them on LinkedIn. I don't even know them. I've done that many times. And I say, you should know this woman's success and work. Share two to two. And I put it at the end. And a lot of people, again, have said, I love that idea. That's great. But they don't follow through and do Mm -hmm. it. And I'm used to that. But I'd like to see people hold themselves accountable to actually go beyond saying it's a good idea and do it. Because if we start a movement, I truly believe from studying all the economic information I've been piling up in stacks in my office, I believe that as we get more money from people discovering our work and our success and the things that are important to us, I believe there will be more seats at the table available to women. And then we won't be fighting about those one or two seats that are out there. If we uplift each other, much as they do in Scandinavian countries where there's far more gender equality and pay equality, I believe that we will have more power in the world and we will have that first women's president. We will have the first women to, or the bigger group of women leading Fortune 500 companies. We are now at the lowest point in 20 years of women Mm. leading Fortune 500 companies. We're going backwards. People wake up, we're going backwards. We're not just stalled, we're going backwards. Anyone who looks at these figures will be as stunned and and unhappy as I am. We have to do something. the house on fire. Oh my God. So anyway, there there you go. I freaking love you. Okay. A Caroline Adams Miller for president. Okay. Like, (laughs) sure. Any, anybody other than Trump, please. God, this man is is making women so unhappy in so many ways and in other ways, but you know, I'm not, I'm I'm not going to run for office, but I I am in Washington. I'm glad you're there. I know you see a lot, but just your, your, I mean, I am sitting here, I'm like out of my chair, like, okay. And here's my commitment. I mean, this, so first of all, this is, this is so brilliant and so important. And what you just said, we all need to highlight in, in like thick yellow marker, which is that as we support one another and then women, because now other, the world is seeing, if, if the world is seeing your work through me, now you start getting more clients, you start earning more income, you start shining, right? And now there's more seats at the table and it it inevitably then comes back to me because there's more seats at the table, right? So if we start doing this for one another and I love the platform and you're right, I've said I love it and I haven't done it yet. So that is my commitment. As soon as we are done taping, I'm doing it. You're going to see it on my social networks today. So this is so important. And there are lots of ways to do this. I love the hashtag share two to two, and it's it's in the show notes. You can go to my Instagram. You can go to my Facebook. You're going to see it there too, because I'm doing it as soon as we're done taping. And you can, if you have a blog, invite another woman to write a blog. I, I am opening up my blog right now to other women, for my clients to start writing blogs on my blog. Why not? I have a platform. I have people going there, and I want to see them succeed. And a woman started crying when I told her that that was part of the coaching program that she's joining. She started crying. And I said, well, absolutely. And you'll, you know, as we get your business off the ground and you're, you're ready, then, you know, you'll be on my podcast. She was crying. And I said, well, the reason, you know, the reason for that is that I have had other women mentors who have not done that for me. 
And I just vow I could, I could complain and bitch about it. Or I could say, I'm just going to do it for other women. And so look in your own circle, where is that opportunity for you? So I love this, Caroline. It's so important. And so as we get to these purpose power tips, I mean, I'm hearing a couple that are so, so, so poignant and easy and possible. So number one, get to know what active constructive responding is. It is responding to other people with curiosity and enthusiasm and use that first of all, for how you respond to other people's good news and as a determinant for who is in your inner circle. Surround yourself with people who are excited for you, who believe in you, who love you, who want to see you succeed. Purpose power tip number two is use the hashtag. Let's commit. Ideally, once a week. I love that you're doing it once a week, Caroline. Let's just, even you listen to this podcast, commit that when you are done listening to this podcast, you're going to do it at least once. Hashtag share two to two. Hashtag share two to two. And I'll tell you a third thing, because I love how you came up with share two to two. Our dear friend, Amelia Zhivatovskaya, who also is a positive psychology expert, and I've interviewed her for the podcast. She taught me to do when Harry met Sally, right? Sally was the, yeah. the big scene. I know what she's having, right? That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that is yeah. I get jealous. I get jealous all the time. You know, if I see you We all I, do. Right. We all do. Let's own it. Let's, oh my God. Come on. Let, let's go past it for Christ's sake. Amen. It's human. It's human. It's part of being human. And so let's just okay, I'll have what she's having and then let's go honor her. And, um, and I love that. And let's keep asking for what we want and, uh, and finding those women who are worthy of it. So this has been so incredible. I'm so, so, so grateful to you, Caroline. Of course, before we go, I need to do, we do, I do something with all of my guests on the Purpose Girl podcast, which is a quick purpose power up play round. And I'm just going to ask you a couple of quick questions and whatever is the first thing that comes to you, just let it out. So this will be fun for your competitive um, swimmer spirit. I'm in. You ready? I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, who inspires you to be better? Oh, what a good question. My children. Hmm. My, I, have, I have a boy, a girl, a boy, and I see the world they're in and the way they look at me and the way they learn from me when I say nothing but do things and my husband. And I say, they make me want to be a better woman. And uh, I, I didn't expect to say that, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. I love them, but I think they really look to us for guidance. So it makes me want to be better. Oh, I love that right there watching what we do. I love that. That is so beautiful. Okay. Number two. Your favorite day of the year? Oh, gosh. Okay. I think it's the first day of spring because I'm usually filled with hope mm. that um, it's a new year and the days are getting longer and anything's possible when the day's getting longer and there's more sunlight because I think it inspires us to get outside and just be more of who we want to be. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Love that. Love that. It's, it's so full of hope and so fun. Okay. Last question. What song? Gets you all pumped up, excited, and ready to take on the world. <laughs> uh, I it's Carol King, I think, and I think it's um, you've got a friend. Oh, well, that is the most perfect response to this entire podcast. <laughs> what we are talking right. about, just so 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 beautiful. I love it. Thank and you. can I just, well, can I just say just a few things that I would love to make sure they get out on this podcast, if yes, you don't mind? please. Okay. So the first one is that um, I 
it's not always easy to find women's success. That's been an eye opener for me. Is that there are times I will scour LinkedIn or scour Facebook, and I think so many women are shamed for putting out things they're proud of that, mm. um, and they get you know they get talked about or they get beaten down or people don't put likes on their their successes mm. because of jealousy or whatever it is. So there are times I've had to really just write emails and say, "People, tell me if you've been successful at something." So I've had to really go look for that at times and ask people for that. And one one time I did that, I got something back from a woman I didn't really know in high school. I knew her older sister and her brother. Her name's Kelly Sheehan. She's a filmmaker, an incredibly successful filmmaker. And she wrote to me about all these honors and awards she's gotten. And um, she said, you know, I've never actually um, told anyone how successful I've been. I thought my work would just speak for itself. But she said, I, I really would like you to share my work. So I went and looked at her work. It's extraordinary. So here's what happened as a result of doing that. When the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke, her daughters um, didn't know that there were filmmakers who were not women. And their uh, their amazement was, Mom, I didn't know that men made films. Hmm. And so I thought, my God, we need to share the word that there are more women who make films because there could be other people out there who don't know that women make films. So I, I, I see this cultural awakening that could be occurring as a result of us deliberately looking for it. The other thing I want to say is that my wonderful friend, Dr. Lee Waters, president of IPA right now, she has given me this extraordinary platform next July to run a half-day Appreciative Inquiry um, experience slash summit with the co-founder of Appreciative Inquiry, Diana Whitney. And what we're doing is we're bringing the tools, um, the best tools of positive psychology to imagine how do we uplift and inspire other women in the best possible ways. So it's in Melbourne, Australia. If you're interested in being there, start saving money now because I don't know of any other summit in the entire world that's ever taken place that's focused just on how do we use the tools of positive psychology to help other women create and inspire other women also to become their best selves and uplift and empower other people. So it's next July. I think it's already out on the IPPA website. Um, but be there because we're going to change the world. That day is going to go down in history as a day that changed the world for women. I'm, I'm sure of it. Oh, I love it. I love it. So all of that you can find in the show notes. So important. This summit is going to be amazing. I know I'm already starting to block off my calendar for Australia, so I hope it works out with my other plans. So exciting. Um, Me too. So Caroline, where can people find you? Um, I have my, one way, main website, carolinemiller.com. Um, that's one. And then on LinkedIn, I've got a number of posts about Share 2 to 2, why I've how I formed it, what what's behind it, what will happen as a result of doing it. So if people go to LinkedIn and look at some of my blog posts, which I think are also on my blog on carolinemiller.com, you can get more background as to what's behind it, what the research shows about why we should do this and, and how it's unfolding. So those are two good places to find me. But start there and then I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter and all the rest of it. So anyway, thank you for asking that as well. And I've got books and um, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to be passionate about something. We both care so much about it. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Oh, it is my honor and my pleasure I believe in you and we are in this together, as you said. And so thank you, Caroline, for enlightening us all, inspiring us all, getting us all like pumped up and so uh, on fi like fired up. <laughs> I feel so fired up. Thank Run you. Run in circles right now. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, yeah. And I was using the word circle. I'm like, I have the best circle of women, I swear. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you listening, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We are so grateful. We're so honored. We 
are truly creating a whole new kind of sisterhood, a whole new kind of way of being a woman in the world. And you are part of that change. You are part of the movement. Just listening to this podcast and implementing these ideas in your own life, you are part of the movement for you as a woman, for your sisters, for every woman to truly be her best self, to live her happiest life, to live her purpose. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope that you did, please, please, please download it, go to iTunes, subscribe to it, download it, share it with your friends. That's really how we are spreading this podcast, spreading the love that so many of you are out there sharing it with your friends, sending it to your moms, your sisters, every woman that you can be in touch with, the women at your office. And if if you loved it, please give it a five-star review and uh, let me know how you feel about it. You can find me at purposegirl.com where you can go over and um, download your free Living on Purpose guide, as well as email me, let me know what you think of the podcast. It makes me feel so good to get your responses. And if you have any suggestions or topics you want me to cover. With that, I hope that you live and have a beautiful day. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.